Section 24 of the Complete Poetical Works. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Complete Poetical Works by Edgar Allan Poe. Section 24 Notes. Note on the Raven. The Raven was first published on the 29th January, 1845, in the New York Evening Mirror, a paper its author was then assistant editor of. It was prefaced by the following words, understood to have been written by N. P. Willis. We are permitted to copy, in advance of publication, from the second number of the American Review, the following remarkable poem by Edgar Poe in our opinion it is the most effective single example of fugitive poetry ever published in this country and unsurpassed in english poetry for subtle conception masterly ingenuity of versification and consistent sustaining of imaginative lift and pokerishness it is one of those dainties bred in a book which we feed on it will stick to the memory of everybody who reads it in the february number of the american review the poem was published as by quarles and it was introduced by the following note evidently suggested if not written by poe himself Quote, the following lines from a correspondent besides the deep quaint strain of the sentiment and the curious introduction of some ludicrous touches amidst the serious and impressive as was doubtless intended by the author appears to us one of the most felicitous specimens of unique rhyming which has for some time met our eye the resources of english rhythm for varieties of melody measure and sound producing corresponding diversities of effect have been thoroughly studied much more perceived by very few poets in the language while the classic tongues especially the greek possess by power of accent several advantages for versification over our own chiefly through greater abundance of spondaic feet we have other and very great advantages of sound by the modern usage of rhyme alliteration is nearly the only effect of that kind which the ancients had in common with us it will be seen that much of the melody of the raven arises from alliteration and the studious use of similar sounds in unusual places in regard to its measure it may be noted that if all the verses were like the second they might properly be placed merely in short lines producing a not uncommon form but the presence in all of the others of one line mostly the second in the verse stanza which flows continuously with only an aspirate pause in the middle like that before the short line in the sappho adenic while the fifth has at the middle pause no similarity of sound with any part beside gives the versification an entirely different effect we could wish the capacities of our noble language in prosody were better understood editor american review End quote. note on the bells the bibliographical history of the bells is curious the subject and some lines of the original version having been suggested by the poet's friend mrs shoe poe when he wrote out the first draft of the poem headed it the bells by mrs m a shoe 
this draft now the editor's property consists of only seventeen lines and reads thus one the bells ah the bells the little silver bells how fairy-like a melody there floats from their throats from their merry little throats from the silver tinkling throats of the bells 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 of the bells two the bells ah the bells the heavy iron bells how horrible a monody there floats from their throats from their deep-toned throats from their melancholy throats how i shudder at the notes of the bells 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 of the bells in the autumn of eighteen forty eight poe added another line to this poem and sent it to the editor of the union magazine it was not published so in the following february the poet forwarded to the same periodical a much enlarged and altered manuscript three months having elapsed without publication another revision of the poem similar to the current version was sent and in the following october was published in the union magazine note on Ulalume. this poem was first published in colton's american review for december eighteen forty seven as quote, to blank blank Ulalume, a ballad end quote. being reprinted immediately in the home journal it was copied into various publications with the name of the editor n p willis appended and was ascribed to him when first published it contained the following additional stanza which poe subsequently at the suggestion of mrs whitman wisely suppressed said we then the two then ah can it have been that the woodlandish ghouls the pitiful the merciful ghouls to bar up our path and to ban it from the secret that lies in these wolds had drawn up the spectre of a planet from the limbo of lunary souls this sinfully scintillant planet from the hell of the planetary souls note on to helen to helen mrs s helen whitman was not published until november eighteen forty eight although written several months earlier it first appeared in the union magazine and with the omission contrary to the knowledge or desire of poe of the line o oh god o oh heaven how my heart beats in coupling those two words note on annabel lee annabel lee was written early in eighteen forty nine and is evidently an expression of the poet's undying love for his deceased bride although at least one of his lady admirers deemed it a response to her admiration poe sent a copy of the ballad to the union magazine in which publication it appeared in january eighteen fifty three months after the author's death whilst suffering from hope deferred as to its fate poe presented a copy of annabel lee to the author of the southern literary messenger who published it in the november number of his periodical a month after poe's death in the meantime the poet's own copy left among his papers passed into the hands of the person engaged to edit his works and he quoted the poem in an obituary of poe in the new york tribune before any one else had an opportunity of publishing it note on a valentine a valentine one of three poems addressed to mrs osgood appears to have been written early in eighteen forty six 
note on an enigma an enigma addressed to mrs sarah anna lewig stella was sent to that lady in a letter in november eighteen forty seven and the following march appeared in sartain's union magazine note on to my mother the sonnet to my mother maria clem was sent for publication to the short-lived flag of our union early in eighteen forty nine but does not appear to have been issued until after its author's death when it appeared in the leaflets of memory for eighteen fifty note on for annie for annie was published in the flag of our union in the spring of eighteen forty nine poe annoyed at some misprints in this issue shortly afterwards caused a corrected copy to be inserted in the home journal note on to f to f francis sergeant osgood appeared in the broadway journal for april eighteen forty five these lines are but slightly varied from those inscribed to mary in the southern literary messenger for july eighteen thirty five and subsequently republished with the two stanzas transposed in graham's magazine for march eighteen forty two as to one departed note on to francis s osgood to f s s o d a portion of the poet's triune tribute to mrs osgood was published in the broadway journal for september eighteen forty five the earliest version of these lines appeared in the southern literary messenger for september eighteen thirty five as lines written in an album and was addressed to eliza white the proprietor's daughter slightly revised the poem reappeared in burton's gentleman's magazine for august eighteen thirty nine as to blank note on el dorado although el dorado was published during poe's lifetime in eighteen forty nine in the flag of our union it does not appear to have ever received the author's finishing touches note on eulalie eulalie a song first appears in colton's american review for july eighteen forty five note on a dream within a dream a dream within a dream does not appear to have been published as a separate poem during its author's lifetime a portion of it was contained in eighteen twenty nine in the piece beginning should my early life seem and in eighteen thirty one some few lines of it were used as a conclusion to tamerlane in eighteen forty nine the poet sent a friend all but the first nine lines of the piece as a separate poem headed for annie note on to marie louise shoe to m l s addressed to mrs marie louise shoe was written in february eighteen forty seven and published shortly afterwards in the first posthumous collection of poe's poems these lines were for some reason included in the poems written in youth and amongst those poems they have hitherto been included note on the second poem entitled to marie louise shoe to blank a second piece addressed to mrs shoe and written in eighteen forty eight was also first published but in a somewhat faulty form in the above-named posthumous collection note on the city in the sea under the title of the doomed city 
the initial version of the city in the sea appeared in the eighteen thirty one volume of poems by poe it reappeared as the city of sin in the southern literary messenger for august eighteen thirty five whilst the present draft of it first appeared in colton's american review for april eighteen forty five note on the sleeper as irene the first known version of the sleeper appeared in the eighteen thirty one volume it reappeared in the literary messenger for may eighteen thirty six and in its present form in the broadway journal for may eighteen forty five note on the bridal ballad the bridal ballad is first discoverable in the southern literary messenger for january eighteen thirty seven and in its present compressed and revised form was reprinted in the broadway journal for august eighteen forty five end of section twenty four